What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, how are you? Great. All right. I, I'm a uh, man of many words. Yes, you're a man. <laughs> That's right. I'm great. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm great. Uh, I love that, though. That's a good thing. I, you, you sent me a list earlier today, and I'm, I'm really, really interested in this because you're, you're covering the five advisor roles, and you've given me the roles, but you haven't given me why you've said these things. And so I'm very, very interested because some of these are a little crazy, I think. So you're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go okay. for it. Well, well, before we actually, before we jump into this, why why are we discussing the advisor roles in the first place? Why is it important to establish what you're talking about here today? I wanted people to realize that financial advisors, financial planners, we don't just sit around, take two hour lunches, go play <laughs> golf every afternoon, and and wait for the phone to ring or make phone calls. There is a lot going on when you're trying to improve people's lives, mm-hmm. and, and so sometimes it's sort of out of the box type things, but we make it real and we make it productive and and we make it fun. We're here to make it fun and have it interesting for people. So I want this podcast to be fun and interesting too. Yeah. And and I know that one of the things you and I've spoken about before is that you're really hoping and your desire is to reduce people's stress right around their finances. And, and I think that anybody who's working with a professional that is getting good value, they understand that's way less stressful if you have somebody else that is an expert dealing with these things. So the finances, the taxes, all, you know, your investments, that's a lot to take care of. And that's what you do. So I'm excited to get into this. So the first advisor role that you you've given me a title for is professor versus weatherman. And I don't even think those two normally meet (laughs) anywhere. What is this one about? Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't understand what I have to explain. I, no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I got you. It, and you know me, you've known me well enough that a lot of my my entertainment value comes from old stories. So I'm going to I'm going to throw an old story at All you. All right. And this goes back to my college days and it's interesting to me that sometimes the most interesting or important things you learn in life are are kind of out of left field, mm-hmm. let's say. And so I was going to college for finance and banking, but you know, they make you take a a general class here or there. So I was in a science class that was called environmental science. Mm. I could talk a long time, but here's the gist of this. End of the semester, we have to do a big presentation and we draw these things out of the hat. And, and I got photosynthetic energy transduction. Oh, good Lord. I had to look it up. I, I knew a couple <laughs> of the words, you know, from decades ago, but I had to look it up. Really complicated topic. I had no idea what I was doing, but I show up for the presentation and there's these two guests in the room when I get there and the professor introduced them and they are essentially scientists from the European bloc countries that are experts in the topic that I have to present on. Oh, good gravy. 
And and so I pull the professor aside and pull him out in the hallway. I'm like, sir, I cannot do this. This is going to be a disaster. And, and he looked me in the eye and he says, do not give me a weather report. Get in there and do this. And he walked away and I thought, well, here we go. But as I look back now, and I realized this years ago, that was a life lesson moment of don't jack people around, for lack of a better phrase. Mm-hmm. Give it to them straight. Keep things truthful and honest and be yourself and and just do what you got to do. Yeah. And I use that trait every darn day now in my career. It's amazing. Yeah, okay. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That's, and, and I'm sure you're, I'm not the only one, but friends and I will joke about, you know, the weather report and they get, they get paid a lot of money to basically essentially give us a 50, 50, you know, yeah, it could rain. <laughs> it could be dry. It's going to be partially sunny. I mean, come on. Those are, <laughs> those are easy things right. to say because if it's sunny, they're right. If it's cloudy, they're right. Cause it's partially sunny. You know, the sun poked out for five minutes. Well, that that's partially sunny. So I get that. Okay. So give me an example from maybe a client that you had to work with and where you used this, this strategy. Right. So, where this comes into play, and this just happened recently, I had a client come in and they held a bunch of annuities and complicated products outside of our office. Mm-hmm. And they had always been embarrassed or ashamed to even tell me they had them. And I think it was because they couldn't understand what they had bought. And I will admit, I'll be the first to admit that some products are, are really, really complicated if you mm-hmm. if you don't monitor them or read the prospectus that many, many people don't enjoy reading. And so I went through these one by one, explained top to bottom in in layman's terms and language. And suddenly the their eyes lit up and, and they knew, I knew what I was talking about and they could understand it. And they felt just like a weight had been lifted off their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I, I'm <laughs> I know that I've been embarrassed about decisions, financial decisions specifically that I've made in the past, but once I started working with professionals and, and getting to know more and more advisors as I've worked with them throughout the years, they, they really just want to help you to understand and and really alleviate that embarrassment and also help you to not make embarrassing mistakes in the future. So I'm right there with those that couple that you were dealing with. All right. So your your second advisor role, you say a travel guide. And this is this one kind of gets me too. You got some explaining to do. <laughs> I see this frequently when I when I deal with couples. They come in and we start conversing and, and you can just see that they maybe both want to accomplish really good things in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. But they might have slightly differing opinions on some of the details of that journey. And, and so what I'm talking about is maybe paying for their kids' college. Okay. I can have one parent look me in the eye and say, boy, my parents helped me. I'd sure love to help little Jimmy and Jane and the spouse can look at me and say, they can do it themselves. And, and that can be so many topics. It can be passing wealth generational down the road or giving money to charity or, Hey, I want to retire in such a year. And the spouse says, no, I want to work longer. I mean, I can go down a laundry list of, of, of topics. And so what I like to do is in a not so direct way, just talk them through scenarios or or maybe worst case scenarios of, of bad things that could happen and ultimately bring them back together by, by showing them different things or maybe opening their eyes to what's on the right of them or what's on the left or mm. 
or what's coming down the down the river toward them. Okay, so that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> so as a travel guide, you're basically pointing out things that they maybe haven't seen before and and things that they have have not experienced, right? Like if you're if I mean obviously if you're a travel guide, somebody's taking a trip, uh, usually to some place they haven't been. Uh, so that's that's you opening their eyes to these different possibilities, which is a good thing. How do you do that? Is there are there some strategies that you use? This sounds kind of silly, but I actually have a deck of a deck of cards. These are like oversized cards okay. that have pictures on them and words that might say transfer wealth or a mm-hmm. major purchase or manage our debt, things like that. And so I'll hand each each person one of these decks of cards and say, can you put these in order for what's most important to you, top to bottom? And inevitably, they never match up. Even the mm. couple that's been married 50 years and they love each other to the end of the world they don't quite see things always exactly eye to eye and communication is a big deal. Whether you're dealing with your accountant or your financial planner or your spouse, you got to nail some of these things down or at least talk about them and agree to not agree maybe, mm-hmm. but it still lets you put the plan together. And, and it's interesting when you, when you talk about travel, I'm, I'm having a flashback to thinking about most people, if they're going to plan a vacation, they, they, they do a lot of steps. They, they plan the journey mm-hmm. and yet, Financial planning is kind of a big deal, and and I don't think a lot of people put that much time into their planning or their retirement uh, contributions, of yeah. thinking these things through year by year, uh, that they spend more time on travel plans. So that, that makes it even more important to trust and, and deal with professionals. Yeah, absolutely. All right, third advisor role, poker analyst. <laughs> I'm going to give you this the client scenario first, then we'll back okay. into this. Had a client, had several meetings, and they were really apprehensive. But but finally, they thought, yes, you know, let's take a stab at this investing. We've never done it before. We're gonna we're gonna try it. And and you know, I, I explained up front that there's months or there's years where investments go down in value. And mm-hmm. and sure enough, monthly statement number one, but 20 days later, <laughs> it shows up and. And they've went down in value on paper, and they're they're pretty freaked out, thinking that they made the world's worst decision. Mm-hmm. And so let's go back to poker then. You know, you think about poker in recent years. 50 years ago, it really wasn't that big a deal. But now in recent years, it seems like it's got to be more of a mainstream uh, media event. Mm-hmm. It's on television. You can see this stuff or stream it. And I think the reason it's interesting to people is because you can see everybody's cards. Yeah. You know, so every player has this little camera in the table, and you can see them flip over a couple of their cards. So, I mean, how easy is a poker game if you can see everybody's cards? Certainly makes a little bit of help. Yeah, yeah. And so I tied that back to the client and said, you know, if we knew the market was going to go down these first 20 days, we certainly would have probably waited. But that's not the way life works. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting to me, there's an author uh, – Annie Duke is her name, and, and she's a professional poker player, but she also does a lot of uh, business-type motivational speaking and so forth. But in her book, she really basically says, if you have a decision and there's a bad outcome, that doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. It just means maybe you had bad luck, essentially. Mm-hmm. That you can't make emotional decisions based on outcomes, essentially. And, and so if you think about in the history of the stock market, if it goes up about seven out of 10 years and you pick the year that went down, I mean, was that, was that a really bad decision? No. I mean, the odds are still in your favor 
Mm-hmm. You do what's right and you stick to the plan. And and so it's just interesting to me that a game of poker can tie into to real life, essentially, in decision making. Yeah, and I, I think I, I've watched World Series of Poker multiple times. It's not something that I, if I'm flipping through the channels, I usually stop because I like to see the strategy. I like to see that stuff. But they always have, like you said, the, the poker analysts. You've got two announcers that are just commenting on this, that, or the other, right? They're just pulling stuff out of their hat all the time. But they make it sound like it's so easy. But again, they see everyone's cards. And, oh, he's taking this big risk. He doesn't <laughs> know that because he doesn't know what anybody else has. And so they can comment all they want. But I think I, that makes a lot of sense because you've seen market downturns. You've seen upswings. You've seen things go really, really well. You've seen things go really, really bad. And those are all the different cards that are on the table. And we, I think, as, as the general public or people that are not in your profession, we're stuck just looking at our cards, wondering what the heck's going to happen. And so you being able to say, Hey, these are, these are some scenarios. These are some options. These are some possibilities that, I mean, you have the, the, the full view where most of us just don't. So I, I, I totally get it. And it makes a lot more sense now too, because I had no idea how you're going to tie that in. <laughs> and, and I referred to this in my book too, in a certain spot that essentially, if you think about, if anybody thinks about the last time they made a really quick emotional decision on anything, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't the right decision. That's why professionals, whether it's your accountant, your attorney, physician, financial planner, they can take the emotion out of decision making. And that is what's really key to success. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, number four, personal organizer. This one I get a little bit more, I think, than the rest of them so far. <laughs> <laughs> I do not make house calls, so I won't be coming to your house, Eric, to uh, tell you how cluttered your closet is or or what your desk drawer needs to be organized into. But my garage could really use some help. <laughs> do, you, do you work on garages at all, Corey? <laughs> I, you should see my garage. No. <laughs> I always see these things. You pull like a rope or a chain and it like raises stuff up so you can store even more junk up high. Yeah. I mean, that's a really cool concept, but essentially we all have too much junk don't yeah. you think that's it if you have to start building a second level of your garage with ropes and <laughs> platforms yeah they're, they're, you, you might have a problem <laughs> there you go but what we find is is people in society they get overwhelmed and as you have birthdays and you get older and you accumulate wealth or you accumulate more accounts or more things you just want things to be simple and easy and organized and that might be your your personal belongings at home. But what I'm really talking about here is account statements, final expenses to be determined, or or I should say more like uh, your your wishes for your heck your obituary or your, mm-hmm. your funeral or keeping track of life insurance documents, property and casualty insurance. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but. What it really comes down to is our goal here for clients is to is to make their lives easier and simple. And and so we do that by even giving out old school three ring binders. So that'll that'll take you back to hey, uh, nice. yeah. <laughs> to your school days, huh? But in a in a world of electronic record keeping, it sounds silly to even say it out loud, but I, I think there is still a place for for having some pieces of paper around the house or or having an organizational system, maybe for a spouse, maybe for your children or mm-hmm. executor, whoever's going to have to, you know, essentially clean up your mess later. 
I'm really good at what I do because I tell things like it is. So if, I must, I'm sorry if some of this seems uh, <laughs> crass that we're joking oh, no. about uh, I, I, end of life and so forth. But yeah, but it isn't always just getting your accounts set up for online access. But you got to think about your social media accounts. If you're not around, I mean, who's going to turn those off? All of these things are things we talk about at our office, and we just try to lay the groundwork for an easy path someday for somebody to know what's going on. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting that you brought up social media because we had a friend of ours that his mom had Facebook, you know, like like most moms do, right? And they had no idea how to turn it off when she passed. And it was probably three or four months later, I got an alert. They got an alert. Of course, the family got alerts. It's so-and-so's birthday today. Wish him a happy birthday. And it's like, oh man, how heart-wrenching is that? You've just lost your mom. And just a few months later, Facebook is telling you it's her birthday. <laughs> well, not yeah. exactly. And so it, it was something where they had to, I can't remember exactly how they ended up doing it, but contacting Facebook somehow and, and, and getting it turned off or getting it put to no alerts or whatever. But just, and that's a small minor thing compared to everything else. What do you do about passwords and things? Because that's something that I, I think a lot of people think about. Everybody's parents have to have passwords for certain things. How do you help with password management? We really believe in sometimes in life, you got to pay for things and mm -hmm. there are, there are uh, subscriptions that you can pay for to track all your passwords and essentially keep it easy and accessible to your, to your loved ones. Mm -hmm. If something happens to you and because the concept of just scribbling them into a notebook or having a yellow sticky note stuck to your computer, I know everybody's doing it, but I mean, <laughs> again, just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it right. Yeah, there, there. I sound like the parent, you know, getting after my kids. But this is a big deal. I mean, I'd hate to even guess how many passwords I have, or you, or or the average person on the mm -hmm. street. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and it, it's hard for me to just click the button on my phone or my computer to say yes, remember my password for me. That just doesn't quite feel right. Versus mm -hmm. putting it into a subscription-based secure location. Yep. Yep, I've got an app that I use, and at last count, I'm at, and I'm a business owner, uh, as as you are, but I'm at 145 passwords for different things. Yeah. I was like, good grief. So yeah, and and again, that is shared with my wife, and our daughter knows how to access that. So if if anything, heaven forbid, something were to happen to one of us or both of us at the same time, she has access to all of that, and it's cloud based, if you will, because it's on an app. It's there. And she could access it just by logging into the system and she knows the, the master password. So, yeah, that's how we do it. And I, I, I would advise anybody to, to do the same because in a book in your desk drawer, have everybody have a fire, there goes everything. And right. who's going to remember that? And, and I'm guilty of this one, one bad step, but I, I'll throw it at you and see what your answer is. Do you ever use the same password more than one time? I don't, but I have a system now. And I used to. I used to use one password for everything. And then I... I really realized because I got burned on, on an account, um, I realized I had to change it up. So I have a system that I use that, that helps me to remember what those passwords are. Even if I, maybe I, I don't get into my app or whatever, I just want to do it on the fly and it's, I'm pretty accurate with the system, but no, not anymore. I used to though. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good if it's secure. I shouldn't say secure. Certain passwords to certain sites or apps, I think, are more important than others. Oh, yes. How about for if I sure. say it that way? For sure. Absolutely. You know I mean? so, yeah. so some of the lesser important ones, I do kind of use the same one over and over. And that 
my wife's after me all the time that that's not a good system. And I understand that. So okay. that'll be my takeaway. That's my takeaway for today. I'm going to improve myself and come back stronger and better a couple weeks from now. Okay. Well, see, now you just called me on the carpet because I, I didn't even think about that. There are there are some sites where you have to sign up and you have to create an account and it's not something that I'm going to use for a long time. I just did this like two days ago. Literally, I did this two <laughs> days ago and I have, I do have a standard password that I'll throw in because it doesn't matter if that's hacked. It's not personal information. There's no purchasing anything. It's just, right. you know, it's an app or it's something online that I'm going to use one time or two times and then I don't care where the account goes. And I have a dummy email that I use for all those accounts. So if they spam <laughs> me, I don't care. I never read it. Never look at it. Oh, you just totally called me out. Corey. I, did. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's move on. Shall we? <laughs> yeah. Why'd we come here today? I yeah, don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. Your fifth one, number five, the last one today, advisor role, elementary teacher. That one concerns me. <laughs> what are you saying will, about me here, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I will clarify. I am not just indicating that I'm so smart and everybody I deal with is on a super elementary level. I well, thank you. Not, I appreciate that. I am not playing that card. I, okay. I appreciate your skill level of intelligence. What this one really is, is sometimes, and, and I really enjoy doing this. This is almost give back to mm-hmm. society, so to speak. We'll have clients come in and we'll say, hey, our kids would, would have some questions, and we'd like to, to bring them in. Could you, could you talk to them about investing and what a mutual fund is? And oh, that's so fun. And I just, I love those. So a couple weeks ago, I had a couple in, and, and they had uh, twin boys who were you know, about age 10. You know, mm-hmm. So they're in elementary school, and, and they had really great questions. And we talked them through scenarios and types of accounts and taxes and things like that. And they, they both decided they wanted to do Roth IRAs as oh. minors. Okay. And and so they each had a little bit of income from some work they're doing, so it, it's all legit. And they understand that they're going to be investing for retirement. It's a long time. It's a long ways away. You know, mm-hmm, we're talking mm-hmm. four or five decades away. But, man, how cool is that? If you put, let's say you put $1,000 into an account and let it grow tax-free for five decades, you're going to have something, you <laughs> yeah. know? No let alone if you continue to do it month after month. And it's just creating a habit of, of greatness, I'll almost call it. Mm-hmm. And and I see that so often in life. The the clients that come to me or prospects that come to me and they, they've never learned any of this stuff, that they're starting from scratch, no matter what age they are, if they didn't learn it from a parent or f- from somebody that pointed them in the right direction, like a coworker, it's tough. And, and you want to start saving and investing early in life and making good decisions, whether it's debt or accumulating assets or just being a good all-around person. It's yeah. a trained trained thing. Yeah. And you talked about having a flashback earlier. I just totally had a flashback. Now I wasn't 10 years old, but I was, I was 18 and I was at a, and I, geez, I don't know. This will probably date me. Also, I was at a bazaar. Does that, do those even exist anymore? (laughs) Right. It's well, one of those things where it's like a bunch of, bunch of booths, right? People have all their different things. So they're, maybe they're arts and crafts or, you know, maybe there was little food booths. There was all these different things. And we were walking around there and I was with my, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. And this guy stopped me. He's like, Hey, you know, how old are you? I was like 18. He's like, have you, have you ever thought of investing? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to put gas in my car right now. You know what I mean? I mean, just, I'm not thinking about investing. He goes, okay, just, just hear me out. Hear me out. I was like, okay, I'll hear you out. He's like, if you were to take 25 bucks, $25 a month, which at that time it was a bit much, you know, honestly, you know, that's at that time it was probably, that's probably two or three tanks of gas, $25. Sure. Yeah. But 
So he's like $25 a month. If you really disciplined yourself and you did $25 a month every month till you were 55, do you have any idea how much money you'd have? I was like, no clue. I'm thinking hundred grand, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Sure. That's what it's going to grow to. He's like, you would have $1.5 million. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're, you, you've lost your mind. And he like, no, I can show you the math. And you know, we didn't want to stand there that long anyway. But he's like, well, just take this. And he gave me some sort of pamphlet that I threw away later, of course. But, you know, it was it was that idea that I'm like, man, if I had been smart enough at 18 to take that advice and just no matter what it grew to, it doesn't matter at that point. If I had just learned that discipline from that point. So I love the fact that you're talking to, to young people, 10 years old, 12 years old, even younger than that helping them to understand just the discipline of putting a little bit away is, 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 and that's a lifelong lesson. Oh man, that's fantastic. I love that. And it's interesting. The the local school district in the past usually has me come in and talk to like high school seniors. And I've been after the administration. I say, you know, it's, it's great to talk to 16, 17, 18 year old kids, but man, you should have me in there for the 10 year olds. I mean, they should be hearing this sooner than, learning about saving for college when they're a senior. It's too late, essentially, yeah. for that. But, I mean, you almost can't be too young to mm-hmm. start learning this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that at least they need to bring you in when somebody's like 14 before they before they truly get a job, you know, 14 or 15 years old. Because once they get a job, if they don't have that mindset of just socking away just a little bit, then they're going to end up like I did, <laughs> which I didn't, I didn't learn that until my 40s, dang it. So, yeah, it's a little later. There you go. But – Anyway, all right. Well, these these were great, great roles. Five different roles that you play. Any closing thoughts for today's podcast? Yeah, it really comes down to that. No two people that walk through my door have the same scenarios, mm-hmm. the same values, the same goals, objectives. They're just different people and different backgrounds. And I think the bigger thing is, no matter who you are, if you've never dealt with a professional finance person, it doesn't have to be intimidating, doesn't have to be scary take a chance. Go, go talk to those people. And it doesn't have to be me. You know, just somebody in the field can maybe give you a tip or a pointer that's going to make a huge difference to you and in, in, in future generations. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love that. And so I'm going to ask you for contact information in just one moment. Uh, but before I do, I do want to remind the audience, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, Corey wrote a book and it's Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money. It's a fantastic little book. It's a quick read. A lot of great information in there, and I know Corey would be happy to get a copy into your hands for free, Uh, so be thinking about that. Corey, if they want to reach out and talk to you about having a conversation about maybe their organization, the things that they need to get organized, or just maybe them and their spouse are not quite on the same page and they just need somebody to show them those different scenarios that could be possible, or maybe they just want the book, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. We like talking to people. We like sending out books. Give us a call, 800 657 4316. We're happy to talk on the phone. We'll email you. We'll do a virtual meeting. We'll send you a book. I can go on and on. We'll do it all. (laughs) All right. Corey, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Very good. Appreciate you too, Eric. You bet. And of course, our last thank you is to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.